This is Space 101.1 KMGP LPFM Magnuson Park. It's the Wallingford Local, that live radio show, broadcast from the farmer's market. Come on, let's go. The last Wednesday of every month, 5 to 6 o'clock, about our favorite neighborhood with stories and music and talk. It is the Wallingford Local, live from the Wallingford Farmer's Market in Meridian Park in downtown Wallingford, Seattle, USA. We're live here for the next hour. Get down to the Farmer's Market. It's here every Wednesday, all through the summer. We're just here once a month doing this radio show live, and it's a perfect day. It's in the low, what is it, about 72 degrees. It's very breezy and sunny. There's all kinds of great vendors here, all kinds of great things going on. People from Wallingford seeing their neighbors and friends and people who just come in for the Farmer's Market. I'm Felix Bunnell. I'm the host of the Wallingford Local. It's a special project of historic Wallingford, the Wallingford Farmer's Market, and Space 101.1 FM, the biggest little radio station in all of Seattle. All right. Uh, we got a big show coming up. We're going to be uh, hearing from violinist Claire Swy uh, Swyhart. Uh, we're going to do the Wallingford Trivia Contest. We're going to try that this time around. We don't know how it's going to work exactly yet. But if there are people who want to compete in the Wallingford Trivia Contest, come to the booth right now and get signed up with producer Laura Scott. We're going to talk to Barb Burrell on the big bandstand mystery right here at Meridian Park. Who knew there'd be this kind of uh, intrigue just right there amongst the... Uh, poplars and other trees that I can't identify. And then Danny Swanson, who's a third or fourth generation shoemaker at Swanson Shoe Repair on 45th, is going to stop by. Our vendor of the week of the month is Benjamin Jaffe for Marrowstone Mushrooms. We, Marrowstone Mushrooms, we have a huge show packed full of stuff here at the Big Wallingford Local, and there's the music just dying out perfectly as I reach the end of my little spiel. Um, let's have Ben Chandler join us for this week's uh, Farmer's Market Report. Hey, Ben, how is it going? Thanks for coming by the show. It's great. Hi, Felix. Good evening. Hey, you can't pull your chair away. It's supposed to be uncomfortably close like this, so right. I don't have to stretch yeah, my arm yeah, too far. Hello, All right, so it's July, late July. What's going on at the big farmer's market this time of year here at the Wallingford Farmer's Market? Lots of stuff. We got everything. There are lots of berries, the same. All the berries that were here last, uh, last month when we spoke. Um, lots of stone fruit, lots of big slicing tomatoes now. Saw the first potatoes from some of the colder parts of the state come in. This is some of the easiest eating, I think, that, that is out there. So much... Um, fresh food that can be really easily turned into meals. That's our favorite way to eat. Yeah, no kidding. I was amazed by the cher the rainier cherries this year were huge and really tasty and really firm. Probably the best cherries I can't I remember in years and years and years. Any other things that are kind of like super exemplary this year than your experience? Corn, I guess. The last thing on my mind is corn that I had over the weekend that was I think was really great. I think it's interesting, too, to compare stuff that's coming from different parts of the state. So definitely ask farms where they're coming from, where their farm plots are located. Um, we have some farm signs up uh, that kind of describe that. But some of the cherries um, were smaller this year because of a late frost that hit some pockets up near Chelan. Um, maybe more intense flavor in some ways, but just a difference of the year, which I think is fun eating seasonally and eating from year to year. That's what the, the year gave us. Um, and these farms are dealing with it. And so part of being supportive of those farms and being supportive of the farmer's market is rolling with some of those, um, I don't know, variations from year to year. And I think that's a fun way of eating and being connected. Now, we're doing five episodes of the show at the last Wednesday of every month, all five months of farmer's market operates. So this is our middle of the summer show for us. As the farmer's market progresses through the summer, does it does the character of it change? Are there vendors that come and go or what? I mean, what's changed a lot since since back in May when this thing got off the ground? Some of the newer vendors are the orchards that are waiting on new fruit. I think the arc sort of starts in the, in May with certain farms that are growing early varieties. And a lot of these farms have gotten better at growing early and growing late. And so the varieties of stuff that they have start earlier and finish later. Sometimes that's because of greenhouses or heating in those greenhouses. There's a, a really cool part of the year for me that changes maybe middle of August. I haven't felt it yet, but it's coming up. And that change in the light sort of reminds you that, <laughs> that fall is coming. Um, and in this season of abundance, and there's so much stuff out there to remember to freeze and to can, to go into some of those, um, those things that, that extend season at your house, too, um, with jams. It's so easy to freeze fruit, but also traditional canning stuff um, and drying, whatever, whatever method. I'm glad you mentioned the weather, because this summer, it's been unlike the summers I remember in the last decade or so. It's been cool at night. We've had only one or two times where it's persist that really awful heat has persisted into the evening. I found most nights, I open my windows at about 7.30, 8 o'clock, and this cool air rushes in, the whole house cools down, so the next morning rolls around, you kind of do it all over again, and it's not banking up the heat the way it's been. And imagine that must make a difference for the fruit and for the vendors and for just your whole experience being out here every day like this. 
I mean, I think that's fairly well established with our like high latitude um, locations, the way that that impacts the, you know, the diurnal shift, the cool nights and the hot, hot days, especially east of the mountains. Um, and you get you get this high acid content in a lot of the fruit and vegetables. And I think that makes a, a flavor difference, too. But um, yeah, we're sitting in the shade now. The shade creeps at this park in a really pleasant way. Um, that provides picnic land and on some of these really hot days stays fairly pleasant but last week was a um, spicy one and it still cooled off nicely and provided a nice shady spot for people to come down and have dinner and get all that good stuff and the shade creeps would be a great name for a band probably too they're on later right? Uh, yeah alright Ben Chandler with the Farmers Market thanks for giving us the update we'll see you next month but everyone can be here every Wednesday from 3 to 7pm at the Wallingford Farmers Market right? that's right cheers Felix thank you Ben thanks so much Ben Chandler from the Farmers Market with the update on the diurnal science, uh, the diurnal shift and the acidic quality of the fruit. I love that. All right. Um, coming up next, we've got Wallyhood, Wallyhood News from Jack McLaughlin. Quick update on what's, uh, what's the trending stories, what's the big news here in this uh, several dozen square block area known as Wallingford. What's going on, Jack? Thanks, Felix. Well, we published several stories this past week. Uh, the most newsy among them was a story about the upcoming election on Tuesday. Uh, most, but not all, of Wallingford is in <coughs> District 4, and this is uh, on the City Council. And this is an uh, open seat because Alex Peterson, a sitting representative, is uh, uh, not sitting for re-election. So uh, Gary has uh, uh, supplied his own thoughts on that election and also referenced the Seattle Times story, which uh, was published about a week ago on this issue. Don't forget to vote on Tuesday. Uh, ballots are due then. Uh, there's a ballot drop box down by Gasworks where hopefully my ballot is currently sitting. So get out there and vote. Uh, we also published some announcements. This coming Sunday at the library, there will be an electronics drop-off, and that's made possible by Interconnect, a business in Fremont. Mm -hmm. And uh, they will be setting up in the parking lot near the library, so you can bring your electronic devices down there. Uh, and drop them off. They guarantee that they will uh, expunge all the data from your device, which is, of course, very important. You don't want any of your personal data sitting on your devices. Finally, uh, we have an article by Mike Ruby. He'll explain, he explains how you can get free trees from the city via a lottery, but your uh, bid for your tree has to be in by August 7th. So if you need a free tree for your yard, go to Wallyhood, check out the details. Jack McLaughlin from Wallyhood with the update on Wallingford. That's a great website. It's, and is it, is it wallyhood.org or .com? It's .org? .org. Let's get the latest of what's going on in the neighborhood. And Jack, you're going to join us back in a few minutes after the musical selection to do our little first annual or first monthly trivia contest, right? I will. All right. Okay, we'll see you back here in a little bit. All right. In terms of the traffic and weather together, the current temperature here at the Wallingford Farmers Market is 71.2 degrees. The relative humidity is 46%. That sounds like perfect to me. Traffic-wise, I don't know, what's it like out on Meridian? Has anyone looked at the street? Is there any traffic around the farm? <clears throat> Getting lots of nods and hand gestures from people about the traffic. So, yeah, it's a perfect time to get here over to the Wallingford Farmer's Market. If you come on foot, come by bicycle, come by car. It's, we're here till the Farmer's Market is here till 7 p.m. We're here at the Wallingford Local Radio Show until 6 p.m. All right. Coming up next here on the big show... It's Sarah Martin of Historic Wallingford about a new release that they have just put out with a guide to all sorts of things about Wallingford history and art and culture. And Sarah, of course, is one of the people involved with Historic Wallingford, who's the fantabulous organization who's a partner in this uh, little radio show community building project this summer at the Wallingford Local. So uh, we're, uh, what do we got to share tonight, Sarah? Hey Felix, so we have our second annual Exploring Wallingford activity. It's uh, our first one was last summer, uh, same time. Uh, it launched August 1st and we're doing it again this year. Uh, it's a self-guided activity. It has uh, brochures. We're hot off the presses with our brochures. Um, it was produced by a committee of volunteers. I think there were six or seven of us and we worked over the last six months to come up with Lots. I think there are 18 points of interest in this um, in this edition. We hope to produce one one or two more editions. But this edition is the area between 45th Street and 40th Street. So and between roughly I-5 and Stoneway. So um, we call it Wallingford Hill, that part of the, the neighborhood. And it's just lots of points of interest. It's artistic. It's architectural. It's art uh, natural. And um, the committee kind of got together and selected all these and we think we've got a good bunch uh, of points of interest for everybody. I'm just looking here at the picture for Irwin's Bakery and Cafe at North 40th Street. Now that's that's not too far away from where I live. I love that building. I always go in. I haven't been in there for a long time actually, but I used to go there a lot. 
Been there since 1912. I had no idea it went back that far. And it's the name's a tribute to Irwin's Grocery and Market that opened in 1923, so 100 years ago. This is great because you walk, spend any time walking around that neighborhood. There's all sorts of things that, not they don't make any sense, but you look and you think there must be some story behind the reason why there's this very different looking house here. Or the old storefronts. There's so many old, you could almost do an old storefront tour of Wallingford where they're now residential places, but they obviously were some kind of retail thing 100 years ago or 80 years ago or something. Right, and, and we feature actually another one here, um, the old Latona Grocery. It's um, real close to what was the Latona School down there, and it has a really interesting history. I'd never seen the historic photograph that you see in the brochure, and it has uh, uh, some interesting history with a Japanese family that ran a grocery there uh, before World War II. So we were really excited to find that photo and showcase that little property. The building is still there. It looks a little different, but um, that's one of the other storefronts we have in, in the brochure. I'm trying to picture 319 Northeast 42nd Street in my the Wallingford map in my mind, but I can't quite picture where that is. Oh, let's see, number two, so it's just off of Latona? It's just next to Latona. And, oh, I know right where that is. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. And the great photographs. And the Melrose Exchange, is that actually a picture from the Melrose Exchange there? Not technically, okay. no. <laughs> it's to demonstrate what happened in the Melrose Exchange building, yes. Cool. Now, do you think most people who live in Wallingford realize that there's organizations like Historic Wallingford, you know, who I obviously, I love working with you guys on this radio show, but who are spending time doing these intricate brochures and putting together these little tours and these deep dives into the history like this? Is this going on in other parts of the city or is this kind of an unusual thing? Do you know? I think other neighborhoods do similar activities, but we like to think we're pretty good at it too. So um, we're actually, um, um, we have a great team of volunteers. I think there were seven or eight of us who worked on this and we're excited. I hope the same folks come back next year and we get even more interested in contributing because this is a, a total neighborhood effort. And is it easy? Where do people go to pick the copies up this so, cop, to pick up copies of this? Let me speak properly. Sorry. Yeah. So this, um, we're really excited to partner with four uh, businesses here in Wallingford. And between August 1st and September 15th, you can pick up the brochure for free from any of our sponsor businesses: um, Verity Credit Union on Stone Way, Cedar House Flowers uh, on 45th. Yazdi, which is in Wallingford Center, and then Slave to the Needle Tattoo down uh, toward the, on the east end of, of 45th Street. So they're carrying these brochures for free. Just pop in, say thank you, and take one, and you're welcome to, to get going. And it does have, as well, once you pick it up, a companion online map that has even more information, more points of interest, and more, more fun facts. That's pretty cool. Now, is there are there uh, any sort of walking tours or guided things that are coming up either this summer or in the in, planned in the future for by Historic Wallingford? Yeah, so we're going to do one more of these similar um, self-guided tours next summer, and we probably will just step down and do the kind of southern part along the, the waterfront. Yeah. Um, we may do another one in the future, kind of up in the Tangletown area. We have lots of aspirations. And then, you know, we like to think that we might maybe take this um, and do more of an in-person tour, take some of these points of interest and, and fashion some sort of in-person effort. So. There's always lots of ideas. We just got to execute those. <laughs> well, congratulations on another great project. And go, go pick this up at those different businesses you mentioned. And this is just a really great way to get to know that part between 45th and 40th. And so that's, that's called Wallingford Hill? Yeah. And, and we called um, the last one we did was north of 45th. And we called it North Wallingford. This one, um, back in the old days, they called this part of town um, Wallingford Hill because we're up here. This is actually the highest point in Wallingford is right around the Good Shepherd Center. So we're kind of on the slope when you get down south of 45th Street. Yeah. Very cool. I just I love how deep you guys go into Wallingford history and Wallingford culture and the fact that we're doing the show at the farmer's market. I just, it's a great neighborhood project. Great to work with guys like you uh, on this stuff. So congratulations on a cool brochure. Thank you. All right. Well, this is the Wallingford Local. We're here live at the Wallingford Farmer's Market. That was Sarah Martin with Historic Wallingford. We're here at the radio show for another 45 minutes here till 6 o'clock. Got a bunch of great guests coming up. We're going to have our first uh, first little musical selection from Claire Swihart, who is a local violinist. Uh, let's see. We'll get your microphone set up over here. And let's just do this. Let's, let's actually, why don't you ask you a couple questions first, Claire, because I think... Um, we, we spent a lot of effort recruiting you. I think we noticed you playing your violin about 10 feet from the booth last month. And we thought, let's ask, yeah. let's ask that violinist over there if she wants to be on the show next month. And you fortunately said yes. I'm so glad. Thank yeah. you so much for having me on your show. Okay. Now, so are you, do you live in Wallingford? I do. I live in Wallingford. I've been living in Wallingford since I was two. So it's been a really long time. 
And how long have you been playing violin? I've been playing violin since I was five, and I play in the Seattle Youth Symphony. Um, and yeah, it's a big part of my life. Yeah, uh, currently I've been using violin as a way to uh, um, raise money for my passion project and that has been kind of what I've been doing over the summer and that's how uh, you guys find me, uh, found me um, when I was playing at the farmer's market. Now wait, I have to ask you, what is your passion project? So I'm raising awareness uh, about the female athlete triad, which is this uh, medical condition that really um, is really problematic because it's so pervasive and um, it impacts so many female athletes and I have been impacted, my friends have been impacted and it's just something that really needs to be addressed because there is not enough awareness about it. Um, in my passion project I, ha I wrote, have been writing a research paper and um, I'm also going to be doing a podcast and a video and hopefully reaching out to different schools across the Seattle area to um, raise awareness and yeah uh, that's been <laughs> kind of my project this summer. And what selection are we going to hear from you from in a moment here on the Wallingford Local? Um, I'm going to be playing Spring uh, uh, from Vivaldi's uh, Four Seasons, as well as a presto from Summer, um, also from the Four Seasons. Terrific. I'm going to have you. I have to have you facing that way when you play. So we've got to move your microphone stand around because otherwise I'm, the uh, speaker will feed back. It'll take us a second here. I think. Um, we'll have you stand here and face that way. I'm just going to move this mic stand, and I'll, I'll put my microphone in this stand. Well, this, well, you have to a little improvise here. This is the fun part of live. Live and local radio. Isn't live and local radio great, everyone? A big round of applause for live and local radio, everybody. <laughs> what a great audience. Big round of applause for a meadow with grass in it, everybody. See, what a great audience. Okay. All right, so we're going to hear from Claire Swihart in a moment here on the Wallingford Local. It's the live musical portion of our show, which we like to do two times per show. We'll hear from Claire now and then again a little bit later on. Get the microphone here. Whoops. So can you face this way? Oh, that's yeah. the thing. That's because the, the microphone has to. Otherwise, you get feedback. It's, okay. we're gonna have to, of course. Sorry, sorry is it okay that. if I move this as well? Sure, move wherever you need to move. This is this is live radio, and that's why it's fun to move wherever you need to be comfortable. Um, if you could go back that way, yeah, though, because the speaker has to be out ahead yeah, of you. Yeah, yeah. That's the trouble. Thank you so much. There we go. Let me get this one second here. All right, here, everybody, give your attention to Claire Swihart playing live at the Wallingford Farmer's Market on the Wallingford Local. We're here till 6 o'clock. The Farmer's Market goes till 7 p.m. Come on down to Meridian Park for all sorts of great stuff.
Do we have one more for? Do we have time for one more? How long? A couple minutes. It's okay. like three and a three minutes. Sure, do more. Let's. Let's. Uh, let me just see. That's Claire Swihart, everybody. She's going to play another song for us. What what song are you going to play this time? Um, it, it's going to be Summer, also from the Four Seasons. Terrific. And this is going to be the movement of Presto. So. It's so great to hear this live music. There's a yoga class going on over there. There's dozens of people at the farmer's market booths, people getting dinner, people buying produce and everything. This is like, it's the middle of summer in Wallingford. You couldn't ask for a better accompaniment than live of all these Four Seasons from Claire Swihart. Anytime you're ready, Claire. <laughs> Lots of moving parts in a show like this, and some that move the direction you don't want them to move, but that's okay. Uh, Claire's going to be back later in the show for one more musical selection. That's Claire Swihart, our featured musical performer. This month on the Wallingford Local, we're here every last Wednesday of the month from 5 to 6 o'clock, live at the Wallingford Farmer's Market. What a great crowd gathered for us. The, best, the biggest crowd we've had so far, and they, they said nobody would pay attention. It's so gratifying everyone's here. Uh, my name's Felix Bunnell. We're live on Space 101.1 FM, biggest little radio station in Seattle. Uh, coming up next, I think, is Barbaril here. Yes. Oh, wait, let's, we're gonna you're gonna be coming next. We're gonna do our trivia contest now. Who's two? Who? Give me two people who think they know their Wallingford trivia pretty well. There's a great prize. Hold up the prize we have. We have a wonderful Space 101.1 FM teacher. Who wants to compete for a prize? It's really easy to win. Anybody? No, come on. I need somebody. Come on. It's Wallingford. Everyone's uh, oh, introvert, extrovert here. Can someone come up and compete in the Wallingford trivia contest? No, you're going to be on the show later, Dan. You can't be in the contest. Who wants to be? I need somebody here. Come on, you're, it's painful here. The, the listeners at home are hating this. They're like, okay, okay. All right. Well, we'll, 
Is there someone who wants to compete against this volunteer? Or should we make it a showcase of this person's knowledge? Oh, we have a oh, second contestant. Okay. All right, go ahead and sit in the chair here. We obviously choreographed this very carefully beforehand and spent hours working out how we were going to do this show. You know, we put a lot of time into the actual... It looks chaotic and, and disorganized, but really it's just, uh, it's very finely tuned. Okay, so this is the first ever Wallingford Trivia Contest. I want to invite up Jack McLaughlin. He's with Wallyhood. He's an expert on Wallingford Trivia. And you're going to ask the first two questions, okay? And we'll, um, we'll give you the first question, just randomly, we'll give you the first question. Then we'll give you the second question, right? And we'll figure out how that works. So, okay, go ahead, dear Jack, what's, go ahead and read the first question here in the Wallingford Trivia Contest here on uh, the Wallingford Local. Before QFC opened on the corner of Wallingford Ave and 45th Street, another grocery store occupied that space. What was it called? Hold your answer. First of all, what's your name and do you live in Wallingford? So my name's Brooke, and I no longer live in Wallingford, but I did when I went to college. So going back a ways, 90s. Okay, so that question, do you hear, you know, did you understand the question that Jack has? Is it clear? Okay, and do you know the answer I to the question? Know the All right. Question. Raise your hand if you know the answer to the question that Jack has. Okay, so a lot of people know the answer, but let's see, what was, so what's the answer to that question? I believe the answer is the food giant. Jack, is that correct? That is correct. Ding, 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 ding. All right, so it's... So, tell me your first name again. My name's Brooke. Okay, so Brooke has one point. All right, first, what's your name? Benet. Say that again, please. Benet. All right. Benet, okay, here's your question coming up from Jack. This is question number two on the Wallingford Trivia Contest, live on the Wallingford Local. Where was this farmer's market before it moved here to Meridian Playground? Ooh, who knows the answer to that question? Raise your hand. Okay, not as many people know the answer. What, Benet, do you know the answer to that question? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Does anybody want, do you want to steal, Brooke? I, I can't take it for the steal. Okay. I don't know the answer. No, okay, audience, everyone shout out. Where was this farmer's market before it moved to Meridian Park? Wallingford. Wallingford Center, that's correct. Okay, so it's just to go over the score again. Brooke has one, Benet has zero. Okay, and those are the Wallyhood questions. I have a couple questions as well. We got to find a winner here. I'd be able to have, hold my, here, hold my clipboard here. Hold this microphone for me, will you there? Benet, tell us, so why did you leave Wallingford again? Tell us, Benet. Hold the microphone. Why did you leave oh. Wallingford? Um, so I lived here in college, and I, I think I, um, I'm trying to think, I lived at 38th and Densmore for a couple of years, and then mostly moved into Fremont after that, and then I left Seattle for a good 15. Okay, give me the microphone back. All right, that's more detailed than we were looking for, Brooke, but that's okay. All right. <laughs> All right, so question number three is for Brooke. Actually, no, question number three is for Benet. We'll kind of mix it up here. Um, what is the official name of the Aurora Bridge? The majestic and wonderful Aurora Bridge. <laughs> that's a good. That's a really good guess. Does anybody know the official name of the Aurora Bridge? Raise your hand. Okay. Um, what's okay? Audience, what's the official name of the Aurora Bridge? George Washington Memorial Bridge. Nobody calls it that. Okay. All right. So the score still is Brook one, Benet. Okay. All right. Uh, I don't want to. Don't want to be too mean. All right. Who? Okay. This is for you, Brooke. Who is the namesake of Wallingford? John Wallingford. Just a guess. <laughs> Who thinks it's John Wallingford? Raise your hand. I have one, two brave people, and that, that's correct. That's amazing. I, I didn't think anybody would get that. It, it's actually John Noble Wallingford Jr., but John Wallingford is close enough. I think judges, yeah, we, yeah this, on Jeopardy, the judges would say that was fine. All right. Um, now let's see. As the bonus question, we'll, we'll, okay, so you have two points. I have a three-point question we'll offer, but this is a really tough one. But you might know this, given that you work for Tilth. You work for Tilth? I'm going to risk this. Okay, the question is, who designed Gasworks Park? Nuns. <laughs> Does anybody know who designed Gasworks Park? Raise your hand. Audience, call it out. Rich Hag, that's correct. Okay, all right. Well, that was a good try. That, you could have stolen the game with that. So, Brooke, you're the champion of the first ever Wallingford Trivia Contest on the Wallingford Local. And for your troubles, for your pleasure, we have this uh, wonderful Wallingford uh, Space 101 FM t-shirt. And, and, Benet, we have a lovely parting gift for you, a little Space 101 badge. So, all right, give a big round of applause for Brooke and for Benet for being willing participants in our big trivia contest. Watch your step on the cables there.
All right, it's halfway through the show. It's 5.30. Uh, any traffic report out on Meridian? Anyone knows, anyone, is the traffic getting worse on Meridian or out on 45th or 50th or anything? I haven't heard anything, so. Uh, the temperature, we do traffic and weather together. It's still 71.2 degrees, 46% humidity. All right, let's have our next guest join us, Barbaril. I've known Barb for a long time. I think our kids were at John Stanford Elementary School yep. at the same time yep. 15 years ago, and then... Like a classic, yet you can't move the chair away. These chairs have to be uncomfortably close. That's you have to be even closer. That's no, you're you're facing the audience. Okay. There we go. They have to be uncomfortably close. That's right. how this works. Um, and typical Wallingford fashion, I bumped into you on the street corner at 38th and Sunnyside a couple of weeks ago and said, "Hey, you got to come and be on the show." And you said, "I've got this mystery." So, right here in Meridian Park, we can't quite see it because of the trees and the canopies and from the farmers market. No, I can't. But the bandstand is over there. Yep. So what? There's some sort of mystery about the bandstand. Yes. Yes, the uh, Parks Department says they don't own it. And, okay, so what ramifications does that have? Because <laughs> I'm sure the Parks Department doesn't own lots of things, but what is it about the bandstand that makes, it, makes that troublesome? Well, it's in the middle of a park, and we assume that they can maintain it since... Yeah, that, that was the assumption when I first heard this. And it looks, I mean, it looks like sort of Victorian style, but it's not that old. What, how long has it been there? Who built it in the first place? Okay, it was built in 1982 it was finished in 1982 which was a year after the meridian playground the park was finished parks did not include the bandstand in the funding for meridian playground so the community paid to have it done they got a, they got a grant and the wallingford community council organized everything to get it built and it's a bandstand. Did bands ever play there at some point? Did they actually have band concerts there at some point in the past? Yeah, in the I know from the 80s, I had a friend say, oh, into the 2000s. I mean, it's small and there's no amplification, but it was designed for, you know, small theater groups or for acoustic music. And so this park, this park dates to the early 80s when the Good Shepherd Center was shut down and then that part of it the part with the building became owned by Historic Seattle, and operated by Historic Seattle, and where we are right now is actually Parks Department, Meridian Park, and that only dates to the early 80s. Is that roughly? Is that true? Yeah, yeah. The sale was in the mid 70s. The Good Shepherd Center uh, went through a lot of different kind of dividing up, but it, it's now mostly Parks and Good and uh, Historic Seattle. The little chunk of of grass in front of the building is managed by a different parks department i mean a different city department not park all right okay so in terms of trying to trying to run down the origins of this bandstand and who actually owns it or who maintains it yep. who's been taking care of it in the meantime parks okay. parks yeah this just came up yeah this is kind of funny okay so it's all has to do with record keeping there aren't any so there's no record of a building permit there's no record of the Wallingford Community Council donating it, that's, that would be um, an, uh, what's it called? A deed of gift? No, no, I knew I wouldn't forget, remember this word. Uh, anyway, yeah, anyway, legislative. We, we could have that, we, that could be a trivia question. Yeah, yeah, we could ask no. people, what's that document called when somebody builds a bandstand and doesn't, no, 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 no. no. It's an ordinance, it has to be an ordinance that goes through the city council. That was never done. And then the Wallingford Community Council, believe it or not, was supposed to maintain it, and they were supposed to do a memo of understanding, and there's no record of that either. Okay. So there's no record of any of these things happening. So does that mean we have to has, immediately has to be torn down now and removed because it's not officially allowed to be there? Or is there, or is there some, I mean, am I missing, is, well, there, is there some, what's the, what's the worst case scenario for what you've found out? Well, it did get repaired in a, a few months ago because we had a, an inspection volunteers come through there and they saw that there were holes in the the steps and it was dangerous and so parks did fix it but then all the meantime other parks people are saying we don't own that we don't own that and so i say okay well if they don't own it then does the community own it so that's where we are now and they're dealing with the legal the city attorney so ultimately there's going to be some piece of paperwork that sort of addresses all these kind of after the fact and creates some some paper trail so it has a because ideally i mean theoretically if the, everybody moved on 10, 20 years from now and nobody remembers this conversation, then it could just get ignored and neglected and collapse if it's not maintained, if it's not, not claimed by anybody? Well, it's been ignored for 40 years, you know? Is it, is it, in, is it in bad shape or was it? Well, it's not in great shape, but I mean, but this is, this is just so weird that it's not all of a sudden there's, you know, Parks is saying, nah, no, we don't own it. Huh. But they do own the picnic shelter, though. 
the picnic shelter is almost as old as the Good Shepherd Center. It's really old, and it was there. Oh, so it dates to the original layout. They used that here at the yeah. at the Good Shepherd Center. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So what do, what's the timeline for when this is all going to be solved? And you're going to tie a ribbon on this and have like a whole happy ending for the bandstand mystery. Don't know. I'm. Um, I'm. I have emailed the people who built the. the well, I call it the gazebo, but the bandstand, and I haven't heard from them. They're still in business to see if they have the permit, because that would solve one thing. Park says, you know, we need to have it inspected to see if people can occupy it, so it might be yellow taped, who knows, at some point. Because there's a building that where the public goes has a certificate of occupancy, whatever that's called, and all the fire. Wow, that's crazy. Well, maybe we'll have you back for an update maybe next summer. We'll talk about this again. Okay. All right, Barbara, thanks for joining us on the Wallingford Local. All right, bandstand mystery. Tune in. I like you. We do podcast this show too. It's it's on. It's live on Space One Hundred One Point One FM and streaming at Space One Hundred One FM dot org. But it does also post as a podcast in case you want to relive the exciting hour of the farmers market. Um, let's have our next guest join us. Let's have Danny Swanson come up. Big round of applause for Danny Swanson. Wow, look at that, hometown crowd. Wow. I've known Danny for about, oh, I've known him about 30 years, I think. Um, do you remember that one time where I came and actually worked on a Saturday at the shoe store? That one time? That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you should come back. <laughs> I think you had me gluing on soles and like using that machine to trim the, the welt right. or whatever it's called. That was right. kind of fun. That was yeah. cool. Nothing yeah. really, nothing too intricate, but anyway. Yeah. No blood was shed. Yeah, yeah. So you're a, are you a third or fourth generation shoemaker? I'm third generation, yeah. So tell, what's the history of Swanson Shoe Repair? Watch your foot, you're stepping on the cable oh, there, what? sorry. What, give us the, like the, the thumbnail history of yeah. why, how, how did it come to be, how long has it been there? Well, my grandfather started in 1928 and he was downtown. Um, and then apparently there were too many shops downtown, so he moved out here to Wallingford in 19, opened up in 1947. And he ran it until 1960 and then my dad took over and he ran it till 1990. Then I took over, and I'll run it till 19. No, I'll run it till 2024, and then my kids will take over. Wait, so that's next year. You're going to retire next year. Are you ready to retire? I'm. <laughs> I'm yes. I'm getting ready. Um, it, it's hard to say I'm retiring because I'll still be working for my son. So really what I'm saying is I'm not the boss anymore. That's really cool to have a fourth generation business in, in, in the neighborhood like that. That's, it's such a great, such a treasure of a place. And the interior is like a museum. But I love going in and inhaling all the solvents. I really like, that's my favorite part of visiting Swanson Shoe Repair. But no, but you, you've had a unique perch to watch Wallingford change and grow and evolve over the last, you probably didn't pay attention for like 50, 60 years, something like that. What's, what's your biggest takeaway from how much 45th has changed at that little spot where the shoe, shoe shop is? Well, you know, I, I listened to the podcast from last month, and you were talking to Blake, and he was talking about the differences from 1972. And it just, uh, it, everything just rang a bell that, yes, back then it was um, very, very working class. Um, uh, every, everybody I knew that their parents were all in the trades or working the line at Boeing. Um, yeah, it was very, very blue collar. Um, way more taverns on 45th than Thai restaurants or sushi. Um, but, you know, there were, there were tons of families, uh, much like it is today, um, really family-oriented. Um, so that, that did change for a while, uh, you know, during the 70s. Um, but it's, it's made a big comeback with, with families and, and people being involved in the communities. Yeah. Do you remember the very first time you actually worked in the store as a, as a, how old were you? Were you a very young man or do you recall what that was like? Was it your dad or your grandfather who did it or how's that, how'd that work? It was, my, my dad was there and it was probably 10 years old. Um, I remember getting sent down the street. We did li live up the street from the shop. And we must have really got on my mom's nerves because she sent both my brother and I down, and that's when my dad put us to work. So about 10, yeah. And did you ever think, I mean, when did you know you were going to take over the business and be the third generation? Was that an easy decision? Was it a tough decision? I, I hadn't thought about taking it over till I was probably 26. And uh, I, 
approached my dad and said, hey, what do you think about me taking it over? He said, that'd be great. You got three years um, until he retires. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it just worked out good. Um, you know, I had been working in warehouses and putting in irrigation systems and um, just very laborious work. And I already knew the business. I knew I had the skills, so it wasn't a hard transition to just move in. And I remember at times in the past where you guys have gotten like either a great story on television or newspaper and you'd be like, you'd just be slammed. You'd be swamped. You'd be like papering the door, like going in there after the dark or closing down and kind of hiding back there and doing work. I mean, so much so that like the, the, you almost hated the publicity because you people would get, which is flock to you guys because you've been there so long, the work's so good and reliable. Or is that, it's, I mean, is it, is it a roller coaster? Is it pretty steady? I mean, it, it must be, it must be an odd business at times. Well, it, it is very steady, if not always increasing. Um, of course, the pandemic, um, we suffered a bit like everybody. Um, but you talked about the advertising and something on TV back in the day. That was when it was just maybe my dad and I or my sister and I. And yeah, we couldn't handle all that volume. Now I've got, I've got the best crew I could imagine. You know, I've got my kids there. I've got... An, uh, another full-time worker I've got a part-time worker my sister's there so yeah we can handle anything so you know if, <laughs> if this generates more work that we can take it yeah yeah that's great um, the uh, now so Daniel it's your son who's gonna be taking over the business he yeah. how old is Daniel now he's 30 yeah so he's essentially the same age you were when you took over the shopper of give or take a year or two uh, almost almost exactly yeah yeah I remember talking to you about how um, first big rainstorm of the year, like if people would find the leaks in their shoes, and that that would generate a bunch. Like first big rainstorm we have after the summer would generate a big a big kick of business. Um, and uh, is that I mean is that still the case? You still does that still happen? It is. I think it's been the case for decades. Um, yeah, good rainstorm, and there's the holes in your shoes. And, and I always feel bad when I sup in there because I want to I want to like talk to you for like you know I know you're you're trying to work done I always think like I always want to have some big long like 10 15 minute conversation and catch up on family stuff and everything I always think like I can't do this it's like it's I'm robbing the guy of his work time but it seems like with this business it's so community oriented whenever I'm in there there's always someone talking your ear off like and I'm waiting in line to talk your ear off you know when I get my shoes or drug is that is it a very are you a chatty person or is it a chatty business or what's the why is chattiness such a big part of Swanson shoe repair yeah I don't I don't think I am, but the crew will tell me different. They'll say, you got you to gotta shut up and get to work. Um, but yeah, you just, uh, you know, it's, it's people that get their, their shoes and boots and other leather goods repaired. I, they're just, they're a different breed. And uh, they're very environmentally friendly and sustainable. And they love the local business. And... Uh, Plus, some of them have been coming in forever. So, of course, you need to you need to stop and talk. So, January first, you come in. I'll talk as long as you want because <laughs> I will not be the boss. I could do what I want. So, you will still play a role. You'll still fill in, like cover for vacations, or go in there just to kind of do some work, even though you're stepping down from the you're handing the crown to the next uh, the next generation. Yeah, I'll I'll still be there for. For the early part of retirement, yeah, I'll be putting in some hours, but we're going to gradually cut back. Um, but mostly, I just I'll have more flexibility. Uh, when Penny and I want to take off for two or three weeks, I just have to put it on the calendar and tell them I'm leaving. Um, but yeah, it's the, the shop is in such a way that I would, if I were to retire and quit, I think I would really leave them hanging. Don't you think you'd actually miss that part of it, the chatty part of it, or the community connection part of it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, what about, I, I remember you guys volunteered for years running the old uh, Christmas tree sale at Green Lake Elementary, and a couple of times you delivered our tree for it. I don't think you did that for everybody, but we didn't have a car that could haul a big tree, but do you think you might do, like, volunteer projects like that and be, be uh, recruited back to run the Green Lake tree sale again? Probably not the tree sale, <laughs> but I've got some other ideas about... Uh, uh, doing some volunteer. There's a, a local cross-country running team that uh, maybe I can help out there. Um, uh, but yeah, um, on the other hand, we talked about delivering trees. We were delivering shoes during COVID. Um, 
Hannah, my daughter, was out on her bicycle and um, <laughs> delivering shoes. So yeah, maybe I'll do that just to, uh, you know, stay in touch with everybody. It's, I mean, there's so few businesses left on 45th that have the kind of pedigree you guys have, whether it is like Bedrooms and More, Dick's Drive-In, Swanson Shoe Repair, Al's Tavern, established Al's 1940, as it says on your Shout hat. Um, I can't think of anybody else. Everything else is kind of washed in and out of there, especially especially once you get yeah. east of you guys there. Did to you work. say Tweety and Pop? Tweety and Pop? I didn't say Tweet and Pop. That's right, because they're in the basement of Wallingford Center now. That's right. That's right. So maybe it's like maybe a half dozen or so businesses that are still kind of like old timers on 45th. Yeah, and Tweety, Tweety and Pop has actually been in Wallingford longer than Swanson's. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, Danny Swanson from Swanson Shoe Repair, um, thanks for stopping by the Wallingford Local. It's great to have you on. And uh, I mean, this is this, your business is kind of what the farmer's market is. You guys are doing it year-round. It's, it's like a farmer's market for shoe repair because it's, it's very chatty. There's different booths. There's different sounds and stuff. I know I always feel bad when I'm talking like you turn off the equipment. Like, like you have some grinder thing going back there. You're yeah. trying to get something done. I start talking. You shut that thing off. And it kind of, the motor goes on. I think, okay, I'm wasting, I'm wasting so much time. He's turning off all the equipment that's been running. No, no, no. I just, I just want to hear you. You've got, you've got a beautiful voice, and I want to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And one thing, I know you encourage people to take a picture of their claim tag. How, how would that work if people didn't have phones and take pictures of their claim? How did it work before people could take pictures of their claim tags? Did they, did they actually not lose their claim tags? No, the claim tickets, they still get lost. They still get left in the car. Um, but we've moved on beyond taking pictures. Now, when we text the customer that their items are ready, we note the ticket number on the text. So as long as they have their phone in their pocket, they can get their shoes. Wow, so it's, it's like the best of both worlds, like 21st century, but with the 20th century skill and the fact you guys have been in there. 1947? That's 70, what is that, 70, 76 years in that one spot, but yeah. 1928 was when the business? Yeah, that's crazy. All right, Danny Swanson, thanks for sharing your stories about Swanson Shoe Repair, and people are welcome to go down there. They're not open you're at this moment. You're closed right by now. this time of day, right? Or almost closed. Well, 6 o'clock, yeah. So someone could run over there and drop off shoes if they made it before the... Okay, good to know. All right, Danny, I'm going to stop by before you retire, and I'll see you at the shoe store. Okay, thanks for being on the Wallingford Local. Yeah, thanks very much, Felix. Wow, what a great local businessman, great guy. Just a great... Amazing that fourth generation... His son is a fourth generation shoemaker there at Swanson Shoe Repair on 45th right there at Corliss. All right, well, our musical guest is joining us again, Claire Swihart. And what are you going to be playing for us in this part of the program? I'm going to be playing Preludio from Partita 3 by Bach. Wonderful. Okay, I'm going to put the microphone on the stand here, and I will step aside. And let's give your attention to our musical guest here on the Wallingford Local, live on Space 101.1 FM. We're at the Wallingford Farmer Market, Farmer's Market. The market goes till 7 o'clock tonight at Meridian Park. The show's here for another 10 minutes or so. But now let's listen to Claire Swihart. Thank you. 
Thanks to Claire Swihart being our musical guest this month on the Wallingford Local Live from the Farmer's Market here at Meridian Park. Just a few minutes left in the show here, and I'm untangling my headphones and my microphone at the same time. All right, our next guest is uh, making his way over to the uncomfortably close chair. Before we uh, talk to Ben from Jaffe from Marisol Mushrooms, I want to thank Recycled Cycles down in another great Wallingford business. They uh, help pump up the tires in my red wagon. I've hauled everything here in the wagon. It's in a lifelong dream to haul everything to a live radio show in my red wagon. So thanks to Recycled Cycles for helping out my wagon yesterday for free. All right, um, so we'd like to feature the Vendor of the Week of the Month. We're only on once a month, so we have the Vendor of the Week of the Month. You're Ben Jaffe with Marrowstone Mushrooms. What is Marrowstone Mushrooms? It's a very small-scale mushroom farm located in the heart of Eastlake in the middle of Seattle. Wait, so you have a mushroom farm on Eastlake Avenue in Seattle? How, how many square feet? How do you measure a mushroom farm? Is it square feet or cubic feet or what, how big is it? I think you measure mushroom farm by the amount of fungus. And it's it's pretty it's pretty fungus full. It's a 750 square foot warehouse thing. And how long have you been involved in this business? This is year two as a business. And are you the founder? That's right. Oh, well. So what inspired you to become the Marrowstone mushroom founder, Ben Jaffe? Um, it just seems really cool. It seemed neat, you know. And mushroom farming is. Uh, compounds on itself so I feel like every mushroom farmer started in a bin and then in a bathroom and then in a spare bedroom and then in a garage and we are now at the dilapidated warehouse phase looking forward to the less dilapidated larger warehouse phase and that's the progression of fungus stuff. And is there a specialty or one that you guys are particularly good at growing that's particularly flavorful or particularly uh, the texture is particularly good or what's your favorite one I guess? Um, we grow a lot of a King Blue oyster mushroom by uh, demand. It wasn't the mushroom we set out to grow, but it was the mushroom people wanted to eat. So that's most of what we do. And how did people make it known that that was the one they wanted? They kept buying it. Okay. And is it, describe it, what's its qualities? How do people use it? It's, uh, it's nice and soft, the whole mushroom stuff. The, set, the stem itself is soft, so a lot of folks will bread it and fry it as a mushroom tempura. It's pretty awesome. It shreds really well, so we got Tijuana tacos here that makes like a barilla out of it, and they do like a vegan mushroom pulled pork thing with it. And where did you get like the actual, I don't know, the starter spores? Or I mean, how did you actually, I mean, how do you start growing mushrooms in your bathtub or your basement? or what? I mean, how do you start? Oh, wow. I mean, yeah, you yeah, start... Like, give me the 10, 15 the, second The 10 to 15 <laughs> second piece of it is uh, you start with a piece of mushroom that you want to grow, and uh, it grows out on agar, and you can spread the agar to grains, and you can spread the grains to sawdust, and you end up with more mushrooms, and then you continue to repeat the process. Wait, now tell me what agar is. It's like a Petri dish, so kind of... Uh, it's a seaweed extract that's used to make like a little a Petri dish. Oh, gotcha. Okay, yeah. okay. all right. And are you, are you, do I see you at other farmer's markets, like the University District and stuff, or uh, where, is, tell what other farmer's markets you guys sell at? 
We're at the uh, Madrona on Friday and Magnolia on Saturday and Mercer Island on Sunday. Okay, so I okay, so and then you're here on Wednesdays. Okay. All right, and then does seasonally do things change, or can you grow the same mushrooms year-round because you control the conditions in the warehouse? We would love to control the conditions in the warehouse, but um, <laughs> being born here in Seattle, Washington, I'm unfamiliar with the dark art of AC, so it gets a little warm, a little too warm for comfort in the summer. Winter is an awesome time to grow mushrooms. Um, summer's, summer's a struggle. It gets hot, gets buggy. Look forward to October. Right on. Ben Jaffe of Marrowstone, Marrowstone Mushrooms, thanks for being the vendor of the month of the week here on the Wallingford Local. Oh, I'm honored. Thanks for having me on. Big round of applause for Ben Jaffe, the vendor of the week of the month, or the vendor of the month of the week. I can't remember what we call it here, but Marrowstone Mushrooms, check them out here at the Farmer's Market. Just a couple more minutes to go here on the big radio show. We'll be back on the last Wednesday of August, which, according to my calendar, is August 30th. And we'll be back here for the last Wednesday in September as well. But the Farmer's Market is every Wednesday, 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. You don't want to miss it all the way through September. And uh, we got, I'll have more guests next month. We'll have more musical guests. I want to thank everybody who was on this week's show. I want to thank Sarah Martin uh, from Historic Wallingford, talking about the cool brochure and all the places you can pick it up. Um, Jack McLaughlin of Wallingford, who helped us out with our trivia contest and gave us a Wallingford news update. That's, that's awesome to have that in the show. Speaking of these, what's the temperature right now here? Oh, it's dropped down to 70.8 degrees. It's gone down, I think, 1.4 degrees since the last time we checked the temperature. It must be a very accurate thermometer that we have here at the radio show. Uh, let's see. Also want to thank Barbarell, who came on and talked about the mystery of the bandstand, and Danny Swanson from Swanson Shoe Repair, and violinist Claire Swihart, who came two different musical appearances here. Uh, every, there's a big group of people that make this show possible. Uh, special thanks to Sarah Martin and Rhonda Bush of Historic Wallingford for organizing everything behind the scenes. To Ben Chandler of the Seattle Farmers Market Association for welcoming us every month and doing such a great job updating people on what's going on. And the whole gang back at Space 101.1 FM, Eric Zappa, Mark Patterson, Mitch Etter, and all the donors who make Space 101 the greatest, little, most powerful, punching above its weight radio station in all of the Pacific Northwest. And I want to thank Joe Jezik, who wrote our theme music. He, uh, we might have him live here next month or the month after, coming to perform the theme song live, which would be really cool. I also want to thank Laura Scott, producer and board out for the Wallingford Local, and a great member of the team here putting on the show every month. Um, let's see. Uh, we, the best place to go for more information about this show is historicwallingford.org. You can get the podcast there. You can get information about upcoming shows, information about other projects that Historic Wallingford is up to here in the... Uh, historic district that they were able to get uh, approved last year. I um, want to thank everybody here at Meridian Park for showing up. Uh, are, are trivia contestants still around? Brooke was a great trivia Congratulations to Brooke. Thanks for being a great audience. Um, make sure you spend the rest of the evening here. It's a perfect evening. If you're just hearing the tail end of the show live, you've got another hour to get down here. It's a beautiful, sunny, late July night. It's not too hot. It's perfect right now. It's night, like the market's packed, but there's no big lines anywhere. Perfect time to buy stuff and celebrate all the great produce of summertime and celebrate all the great things that make Wallingford a special neighborhood. And thanks everybody for joining us and sitting out in front of the show. It's so nice to have a live audience enjoying yourselves on the grass and laughing at the dumb jokes and clapping when you're supposed to clap. That's really nice. Look, there's someone clapping when they're supposed to clap right now. What an obedient audience. Okay, let's have a big, let's clap us out. We're going to be going off the air in about 25 seconds. Let's get a big, like, wasn't that a great show? Big round of applause, everybody. Yay. All right. Space 101.1 FM is the biggest little radio station in the Pacific Northwest. This is Space 101.1 KMGP LPFM Magnuson Park. You've been listening to a live broadcast of the Wallingford Local, live from the Wallingford Farmer's Market. I'm Felix Bunnell for Historic Wallingford and Space 101.1 FM. Thanks, everybody.